Three, two, one, break. Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 56. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about calorie cycling, specifically in how it pertains to those of you guys out there in the athletic population. Maybe you compete in the sport of CrossFit in a professional or even a recreational level. Maybe you are looking to compete in the sport of CrossFit. Maybe you compete in a different sport, or maybe you don't compete on a professional level or a recreational level, but you tend to compete in your normal everyday gen pop class. And I wanted to kind of hopefully help you guys out a little bit with understanding how calorie cycling can be a great strategy for you guys to make sure that you're still keeping your performance um, performance gains coming, but you're also optimizing your body composition. Calorie cycling can be a great strategy, not just for the athletic population, but for those of you guys out there that are in the lifestyle basis. And you obviously enjoy eating out a little bit more frequently on the weekends, and you can be a little bit more structured on the weekdays. So I wanted to kind of show you guys some different strategies here. I've talked about calorie cycling in the past, um, but wanted to kind of break it down a little bit further for you guys and also talk a little bit about the difference between calorie cycling and that yo-yo binge restrict cycle that so many people are very familiar with from years and years and years of chronic dieting. Um, so if you do get any value out of this episode or any of my episodes, please let me know. You can either, obviously I would love to get some reviews. I'm really learning how to grow my podcast. And I think that if you guys can give me a five-star, four-star, three-star, and maybe a no-star, letting me know what you liked or disliked about my podcast so I can help grow it. Um, or if you're listening and you're like, man, somebody else is going to get value out of this. If you can maybe, uh, hit a screenshot of it, share it on your Instagram stories, tag me in it so that I know that you're listening. That would be awesome. Um, but without further ado, let's kind of start breaking this down. So what exactly is calorie cycling? I think what people often hear is the term carb cycling, and they relate that to calorie cycling and, you know, giving you a little bit of a backstory because you are going to want to have some basic understanding of calories and macros and all that kind of stuff to get the value out of this episode, which if you haven't listened to my episode podcast or my podcast episode on that, I'll make sure I share it here. But calories are your macros end up making up your calories, right? So when somebody says carb cycling, um, they're, they're changing the ratio of carbs to fats. The calories may stay the same. So, um, for instance, if somebody's calorie intake and these, by, by the way, these numbers might not make any sense in the math world, but I'm just giving you some just general numbers out there to work with. If a person's macronutrients are 185 carbs and, 60 grams of fat and 135 grams of protein. And maybe that equals 1800 calories. If you're cycling carbohydrates, um, you might be playing around with the ratio of carbs to fat. So maybe you are dropping fats to say 45 and you're upping carbs to like 225. The calories might stay the same, but the carbohydrate to fat ratio is going to change. And that would be a carb cycling strategy. And this is also used for athletes, um, specifically, uh, in, in the year basis, you might be in a higher carb diet going into your season. Um, and then maybe you're a little bit higher fat post season. If, if your training volume stays or is, is being taken down a notch and you don't need as many carbohydrates, maybe you're working on some hormone restoration and things like that. We can kind of tweak that number a little bit to kind of facilitate that. Now, the difference is you're not likely going to see much change in the body weight that you have or your, your body composition, because your caloric intake is the same. You may see, I, I take that back, you may see a slight change in body composition only because with carbohydrates, you're honestly going to look a little bit fuller. So your muscle definition might look a little bit bigger. Um, when you're in a little bit of a higher fat, lower carb diet, you might be a little bit more flat. I would say that you might see that general changes, but the scale is likely going to stay around the same. 
So your body composition might change slightly, but your body weight will stay pretty much the same. Now with calorie cycling, um, the goal is honestly to manipulate calorie intake to change your body weight. So let's just say you're a, a, a recreational or a competitive CrossFitter and you're like, if I was just like five to 10 pounds leaner, I feel like my gymnastics might be a little bit better. I feel like I might be a little bit lighter on the road. You're actually trying to manipulate body weight to allow you to be a little bit lighter. You want your body weight to change. You need to create a calorie deficit, in which case uh, carb cycling wouldn't really be your friend. Calorie cycling might be, though, uh, because maybe you have um, maybe some lower volume days and some higher volume days throughout your week that you want to kind of prioritize performance on those days that matter more, and the other days might not matter as much. And you can really use calorie cycling to create an overall calorie deficit um, while prioritizing calories around those training days. Um, now, First things first, if you haven't already started by just getting a general understanding of how many calories you should be taking in on the regular, um, that would be step number one. So don't go into these strategies of like carb cycling, calorie cycling. If you haven't consistently, I say consistently tracked your food and hit macronutrient amounts for at least eight to 12 weeks, eight to 12 weeks of consistent tracking meaning you've been really, really, really spot on. Maybe you've had a couple of days sprinkled in there, but like 80% compliance, you can look back and be like, maybe there was one or two days here and there, but you've actually given it 100% at eight to 12 weeks of consistent tracking. And I'm going to be honest, that's very hard to do on your own. So if this is you and you're like, that's where I need to start and you want to get more of an understanding of how to do that without feeling like you're you know blowing smoke out of your head, give me a message. Let me know that you need a little bit of help with that and I'll be able to give you guys some guidance on that. I'm going to be starting another 21 day challenge coming up soon. So I'm super excited for that too. A little bit of a plug for coaching, but getting back on track. So if you have been that person that you've already consistently tracked your food for eight to 12 weeks, you feel like you've got a good niche on things. Um, the next step is like, all right, maybe you are noticing that when you go into a calorie deficit, your performance kind of tanks a little bit. And you've maybe heard about people that will drop calories on rest days and then higher training days. That shit does not work. And so I'm going to give you guys some better strategies here. So with calorie cycling, um, what you're trying to do is, okay, let me let me take a step back and go into that rest thing because this, this is where it's going to really help you. Most people, they understand what calorie cycling is. They're going to have higher calorie days and lower calorie days. What they tend to think is the right strategy is to drop calories on a rest day because they're less active. So if your rest day is Thursday and you worked out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, their typical gut reaction is going to be, let's go ahead and drop calories on Thursday because I'm going to be resting that day. I'm not going to be burning as many calories. Now, it's really important to understand how glycogen storage and metabolism work and how your body doesn't really need less food, even if you did not rest that day, because that energy is going to be stored. And what happens is if you're dropping calories on your rest day, and you trained really hard on Wednesday, and then you train again really hard on Friday, that day in between is the best day for you to get the recovery in from that Wednesday training session, also getting you fueled and primed for your Friday session. So dropping calories on your rest day does not usually facilitate the results that you're looking for. In fact, it could honestly worsen your recovery and worsen your performance on a Friday. This is really important for those of you guys out there that typically rest on Thursday and will hit an open style workout on a Friday or a Saturday. You're under fueling for that training day, which you really want to be optimizing your performance that day. So you don't want to calorie cycle those lower days on your days before your priority days. 
the better days to cycle your lower calorie days would be like, let's just say your Monday and Tuesday volume are a little bit less. Maybe your priority is more quality movement. Maybe you're not getting yourself in this super high heart rate multiple times throughout the day. Um, maybe those days are a little bit more of like training days, not really performance-based days. The better day to lower your calorie intake is honestly going to be the day before a rest day going into a less prioritized day, which this is where this is different for most general pop versus athletes, because that's going to normally be a Saturday or a Sunday for an athlete. So typically an athlete schedule in the, and I'm just going to pertain this across that is usually going to be like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, rest day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, rest day, Sunday, Monday, back on it again with Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday being more like training days, getting yourself some interval work in, uh, EMOM style stuff and things like that. And then your higher volume days are probably going to be your Friday and your Saturday. That's typically the CrossFit world. Not everybody is like that. So those people are going to want to actually have a lower calorie cycling day, probably on a Saturday because Saturday is they're They're going to have that higher volume day prioritizing, getting in all of their carbs in that post-workout window, and then maybe tapering back Saturday night and then into Sunday. And then Sunday evening, starting to get that carb loading going again into Monday. That is probably a better strategy for calorie cycling for an athlete. You can actually create a little bit more of a deficit knowing that going into Monday and Tuesday, it's not going to be as detrimental on your performance. Um, and then towards the end of the week, you're really packing back in the higher calorie days, getting yourself ready for Friday and Saturday again. So calorie cycling for athletes is not going to be based on, Hey, I've got plans to go out this weekend. I'm going to use a higher calorie day. It's based on, Hey, my priority right now is I want to cut weight a little bit. Um, but I don't want that to be at the ex- to that to be at the expense of my performance. So I'm going to keep my nutrition dialed in on the weekends because I'm getting, I need to take advantage of the lower volume days and then pump up. Um, my carbs going into Friday and Saturday training sessions. Now you can also double that by maybe making your priority sessions on the weekends, in which case that will also keep your higher calorie days uh, more dialed in, in terms of food quality, because food quality does play a very important factor in your performance because it helps you guys reduce inflammation, making sure that you're not getting in a bunch of processed foods, which is going to wreck your digestion, getting in enough fiber and all that stuff. So it's actually going to keep you more accountable knowing like, Hey, I don't want to be drinking a bunch of alcohol and eating a bunch of processed foods because I want to be able to perform my best. And in which case you could cycle higher days on the weekends, um, and have higher training days on the weekends and then going into the week being a little bit lighter on, on the volume. So that is a little bit of a strategy there. So as you can see, there is a difference between calorie cycling for an athlete versus the gen pop because gen pop is like, man, I mean, I want to perform well, but like, I really want to be able to have a couple of drinks in the weekend, maybe go out with my kids, um, have some pizza. And in which case you can calorie cycle too, uh, but your priority is going to be lower calories during the week. And then you're going to have those higher calorie days on the weekends, just because that's when it normally works for you. Your main goal. And and I'm going to commit this with saying that guys, if you have a considerable amount of body fat on you, you're likely not going to see a huge drop in your performance. Uh, especially if you're only doing this for like four to eight weeks, it's usually if you've been doing chronic calorie deficits over time that you would really start to see that drop in your performance and your strength. So making sure that you're watching how quickly you're losing weight is important. So I don't want you to think that like you have to do these strategies. I'm just giving you some strategies to kind of help you guys out a little bit here. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the difference between 
yo-yo slash binge restrict cycle and calorie cycling. Because I think even in the CrossFit world and in the competitive athlete world that aren't so dedicated to their sport as a a profession, um, there's a lot of this like, man, I'm going to earn my food. I'm going to like bust it out on a Saturday and I'm going to go out and binge and, and just because I earned this food. Guys, the difference between athletes and and people that do that or people that are like calorie cycling versus yo-yo dieting is that the mindset isn't earning food. The mindset shift is fueling performance. So with an athlete, we're looking to make sure that we're eating enough calories to fuel optimal performance. With that binge restrict, we're looking for a way to um, obviously be able to afford to eat more calories. And that's really an unhealthy relationship with food. And it's it's two different mindsets. And you have to figure out where you're looking to fall into this. If you're if you're looking for your training as a as a method to help you allow you to be able to just go out and overindulge, that's the wrong mindset. If you're looking at like, man, I want to be able to get fitter, I want to have enough energy to perform better, then you need to be able to eat enough food for that. So there's two very different mindsets. And calorie cycling isn't the same as that yo-yo binge restrict cycle because we are in complete control of what we're doing. We have a plan. It's not, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat everything in sight because I've been under eating for the last four or five days. It's This is a planned attempt to cycle calories on one end and the other end. And it does require you guys to be very dialed in. I'm not saying from a calorie and macro perspective per se, but in terms of like understanding like, okay, accountability on how much you're eating. It's not guesstimating things. It's guesstimating things with an eyeball method that maybe is you know, very in tune with you. You've maybe counted calories and macros in the past and you know the difference between having one cup of rice and two cups of rice and knowing when you're having maybe a little bit more intra-workout carbs versus not having those intra-workout carbs. Like that's really the biggest difference with with calorie cycling versus that yo-yo binge restrict cycle. So we're not looking to earn our food. We're looking to fuel performance and we want to optimize our body composition in the, in the, in the uh, attempt to do that. Now, kind of going into this a little bit more is is why this matters for those of you guys out there that are looking to change body composition. And I want to start by talking a little bit about body composition in general. I think there's also a huge misconception in what is the optimal body composition for athletes. And I'm going to start by talking about really what type of sport you're playing. In CrossFit, we have to be strong. We have to be able to sustain a lot of uh, a lot of enduring athletes. I'm sorry, enduring athletics. I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. A lot of enduring um, in terms of, you know, we have to be able to be aerobic. We have to be able to be strong. We have to be able to be gymnastics based. We have a lot of things that we have to do. And, and if you're competing, you know that those are very, very, very demanding weekends. So the optimal body composition or body fat percentage for a crossfitter is not something that anybody out there is going to be able to tell you. It's really going to be based on biofeedback. And in a lot of my athletes, I'm listening for that feedback is like, how are you feeling in terms of your strength? Um, are your gymnastics skills getting better? Are you maintaining your strength? Are you feeling better and lighter on the road? Like, where is all that kind of playing a factor in your life? How are all these things coming together? If I'm starting to see a, a negative happen in an athlete that maybe needs to bring that deficit up, and I know it's not a technical thing, meaning, so if someone's like, man, my, my clean and jerk isn't going up. Well, that's a very technical lift. So if you're not working on the mechanics, that's not really a good gauge if that's a diet-related thing or a body composition-related decrease. Whereas if a person's back squat is slowly decreasing, that would be a, a telltale sign that maybe their performance is decreasing based on their body composition. Vice versa, if a person's like PRing and and their you know gymnastics are going up and all that stuff and they're losing weight and, and they're feeling good in a deficit, I'm not going to change anything. Their feedback is really, really good. So 
Don't get too hung up on being afraid of optimizing your body composition as long as your performance is going up. And for those of you guys out there that are adding in training, you're likely going to see that you will in the beginning see that you can actually play that to your advantage because you're still kind of what I want to call a newbie in that. So you can kind of use that to your advantage for a short period of time, as long as you're watching biofeedback and you're ensuring that you don't do it for too long. And, and this is where calorie cycling is not just for those of you guys. I want you to think, and this is like the bigger picture is calorie cycling. Isn't just day to day, week to week. It's also month to month. And, and this is where diet periodization comes in, right? So if you're like, you know what, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the next four weeks and I'm going to work on optimizing my body composition a little bit. You're likely not going to see a huge change in the scale. You're not going to see this all of a sudden incredible, incredible transformation, but you might get just a little bit leaner, feel a little bit better. And then you go into a calorie cycling four weeks where you're like, I'm going to be at maintenance. And then maybe you're going to be playing around with a couple of surplus days. Like you're, you're really building out a plan that really works for you. And this is where if you guys are really looking to optimize your performance, these, these are the strategies that are going to help get you there without being so detrimental on your lifestyle, because you can actually play to your advantage in that and, and allow yourself some periods of time where you're like, maybe, you know, being super dialed in on your macronutrients and calories isn't the priority. Maybe being a little bit more moderate is the priority. And you're using that extra fuel to fuel higher training days and, and more of a strength phase and all those kinds of things. So Diet periodization is something that I, I would recommend for everybody to look at their whole life or their whole year and, and periodize that, whether you're our lifestyle client or you are an athlete, because it can work to both advantages. So there are a lot of similarities, as you can hear, between the strategies of an athlete versus the gen pop. It just the priorities of them are different. So diet periodization for an athlete might look like, hey, around the time of my competition season, I'm not looking to lose body fat. I'm looking to really kind of, you know, dial things in for performance. Whereas diet periodization for a, a gen pop might be, they might be like a look, trying to get a little bit leaner going into their season of like, maybe it's bathing suit season. So that might be the athlete's performance season. They might be looking to get super, you know, dialed in on performance um, nutrition. Whereas a gen pop might be looking to get <laughs> dialed in for like bikini season or bathing suit season. So you might be in more of a cutting phase while an athlete might be in a little bit more of a performance-based uh, body composition phase. So just a couple of things there for you guys. Um, so I'm not going to go too much further into this, guys. I just want to give you guys a basic understanding of calorie cycling and how you guys can be using it as an athlete. Uh, more importantly, the thing I want to end on, and I'm going to really just hammer this here, is don't drop calories on your rest days leading into your higher training days. That is going to negatively impact your performance. Um, and that is the one thing that I really want you guys to get out of there. If you don't, if you don't take anything away from this episode, but that, um, that is the one thing that I'm going to say. So, um, that's it guys. Hopefully you guys are having an awesome week and I will talk to you all soon.